0: shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Father, we bless you this morning. Come and help us again. Um, Bring time of refreshing to our soul, we ask that you will open your word to us, reveal it to us afresh again. Breathe upon our heart and bring inspiration for your spirit that will light up, cause the light of revelation to spark within our soul. Father, I ask, O God, that Let every heart be blessed this morning Uh, in a unique way. Thank you for, we come under leading of the spirit, guidance of the Holy Ghost to help our hearts to journey, to find treasures in the truth. Thank you. This morning we give praise to your name. Help my heart and take it and open it up fresh and pour from your own depths into my depths and quicken my tongue to pick every language which you want to use this morning to communicate your life. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We glo- give glory to your name. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, let's see. Book of 1 Corinthians. Thank you. <coughs> Amen. Praise Jesus. First Corinthians. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Uh, First Corinthians chapter, chapter seven. Uh, it says that. Okay, did I say seven? Let's read from verse. Let's see from verse one. Glory to God. Verse, verse 9, but, um, it says that God is faithful, right? Uh, God is faithful by whom ye were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That God is faithful by whom you are called by who you are called unto the the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 2 Praise God in Hebrews 2, it says, um, verse 10, that by, by him, or for it became him, thank you, thank you, Lord, it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto Lord, unto glory, amen, to, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Praise Jesus for, amen, he became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory. So they are, they, you see the concept of sons of glory. Um, that concept, of that realm of glory here is actually a, is a place of fellowship. Let's, let's go back to First Corinthians. Chapter, chapter 1, from verse 3, he said that, he says, God be unto you, sorry, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything that you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift Waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ for God is faithful and by whom you are called unto the fellowship, amen. So um, verse 6, even as the, the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, then... Before that, he said that you might, that in everything you might be, what, enriched by him in all utterance and in, what, all knowledge. How will that enrich income? come? Verse 4, it says that the grace of God, through the grace of God that is given you, by what? By Jesus Christ. I don't know if that's making any sense to you. Praise Jesus. So... He's one of the epistles of Paul. So he's also, of course, we know that the epistles of Paul were letters to minister grace and peace, right? And grace, I hear it said grace be unto you and then peace from, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus. Praise, praise God. Yeah. I say that I thank my God for the grace of God, which is Given you by Jesus Christ, so there is a, there is a, a grace that is given to you. Praise God. We, we are familiar with the scripture that says you should. Peter was saying you should. First Peter, praise God, chapter, chapter one, right? I said you should guard up the, the loins of what, the loins of your mind. I said be sober, and then you should do what hope, hope to the end for for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the word, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the season of the revelation of Jesus Christ, the purpose of revelation of Jesus Christ is for an enrichment, is a season of enrichment. That we're speaking of in verse five here where he says that in everything you are, you are enriched by him. Praise God. Now when he says him here, in verse five, it's referring to verse four. That person in verse four who he speaks concerning who's who. Um, are you reading it? First Corinthians chapter four, verse chapter one, verse four. That I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to who? By who? uh uh-huh. To you by Jesus. So But there was a a mechanism of that grace being given that the way that he gives grace is in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in what? All knowledge. And through, so verse 3, or verse 4, verse 5, and then verse 6, which is a culmination of the, one of the main reasons for this utterance and knowledge is the confirmation verse 6, first of all of the testimony of Christ in you. Do you see that? Verse 6, so the, there is a link between the um, the release of utterance and knowledge, right? Of course, those are two operations of the grace of God, that there is a manifestation of grace that you find in the giving of utterance. And you know, the purpose of utterance, when you say utterance, utterance just mean um, the usage of what is written in the letter to release property, knowledge in the spirit. Knowledge is not knowledge is not letter, knowledge is spirit. But you utterance means the is a is like a journey of things, of knowledge from the realm of its spiritual essence into a place that can be received, that can be transferred from one so the purpose of utterance is for the transfer of knowledge. Praise God. Does that make sense? The, the reason to, for utterance is for we have many things to say and hard to be altered. So that's Hebrews chapter. What chapter is that? Chapter 5. Am I correct? Of whom we have many things. So of, we're speaking concerning that um, high priest that we have many things to say. So the things that he has to say is actually knowledge that is spiritual knowledge concerning an, a being, an entity that is present. That what we have means that we're not lacking in the deposit of knowledge, we're not lacking in the, in the, in the we have the, the reservoir that has been called, given to us, the knowledge concerning this man Is present, so it's possible for there to be present knowledge, or knowledge given, but utterance not given for that knowledge. Are you getting me? So it's saying that we have we have many things to say, but hard to be uttered. Seeing you are what, seeing that you are dull of hearing. So it means a dullness of hearing when knowledge has been given. That dullness of hearing can impart utterance um, of that knowledge. Praise Jesus. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That dullness of what hearing can affect the word, the, the giving of the word, the utterance. So when hearing is dull, it makes things hard to be uttered. It makes, and then we said the purpose of utterance is for the transfer of knowledge, not just transferring knowledge from one person to the other, it's, it's a transfer of knowledge from its invisible form, from its invisible form to a form that can be received by a man, a natural person, praise God. So that's what utterance, utterance is actually the vehicle, are you getting what I'm saying? That, that brings knowledge from the spirit and makes knowledge to. So without utterance, without utterance, there is a, there's, there's what you call utterance. He calls it a door. Paul calls it a door. You should pray that a door of what? A door of utterance can be granted. That's Colossians chapter 4. Amen. Let's open up the Colossians <coughs> chapter 4, verse, verse 3. Amen. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Okay. So, Colossians 4, verse 3. Oh, I can read it here. It says, without, okay, without praying. Verse 2, let's read from verse 2. It says, continue in prayer and watch, watch in the same with thanksgiving. For without praying for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the Mystery of Christ, for which I would, to which, for which I'm also in bonds. Amen. Amen. Now we know that Paul wasn't lacking in all in the, in the null in the revelation of Christ. Just read the book of First Corinthians. If you maybe read from verse from chapter three, you know, say like, I I who am lower than the least of all the saints, this is grace giving In First Corinthians, let's read that. Thank you, Father. First Corinthians. Hmm. Sorry. Sorry, Ephesians. Well, what am I saying? I always mix those up. Okay, can you read it? it? Says that I who am lower than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should Lord, preach unto the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the the fellowship of the mystery. Amen, which was from the beginning of the world. Let's read that. Uh Uh-huh. Had been been hid in God who created all things in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Let's go back again to verse 8. It says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace. You are seeing that operation of grace there, which was defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that the issue of grace is for to produce two things, knowledge and word and utterance. Right, so those are two aspects and two operations of grace that, you'll find in the New Testament. It says that this grace is given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the the beginning of the world had been what? Had been hid in God who created what? Who created all things. So this is very clear that this ministry a ministry that has been hid. It has been hid in God. Now, to pull it out of God, there is the operation of grace is to facilitate the delivery of things. Uh-huh, for, now, so the, the utterance of those things and when this, these things begin to, to come about, um, there is a spirit... Um, I would say, maybe if I can describe the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. Amen. Amen. The spirit of grace um, is the power of grace. You want to break down grace and say, okay, what is the essence of grace? The reason for grace is for grace is the facilitator or is the enablement for fellowship. Amen. And grace is what a facilitator and then the word Enablement. We're talking about the grace of God himself. Now, you remember in the book of Titus it said the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 or so, it says the grace of God that bringeth, that bringeth salvation has right, appeared unto all men and Beginning teaching them, so you see, grace has to can turn into utterance when it begins to teach. So, if you want to define what is utterance, when Paul was praying that you should pray for me that an effectual door of utterance be opened unto me, he's talking about uh, a particular kind of manifestation of grace. So, utterance means grace in his teaching. Form. Utterance actually means teaching grace. I don't know if I'm saying something to you. What does utterance mean? It means teaching grace. Utterance is teaching grace. So, grace in its teaching form, when grace begins to teach, that's what you call utterance. So, you can't find the meaning of utterance from just dictionary. Dictionary will probably say utterance just means spoken word or something, but it's more than that. It's not. We're not talking about just spoken word. We're talking about an operation of grace, right? It's in the spirit. Praise Jesus. Utterance, someone can be, close their eye and someone can just, without saying anything in their own, their own, and be having utterance. Do you understand? It's not just about preaching. Do you understand me that that thing called utterance is the, is the teaching of grace? Do you, you get that That's, you can in your meditation what facilitates meditation is utterance right, it's utterance is what it picks up sitting knowledge and it, it begins to speak knowledge so you see utterance what the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation uses is utterance the, the spirit of am I getting saying am I saying something to you Um, the spirit of what, let's go back again to 1 Corinthians chapter um, Ephesians, uh, see I did it again Ephesians chapter 3 Ephesians 3, thank you Jesus Ephesians 3 that verse, let's see verse 8 again okay verse unto me who am less than the least of the saints is this grace given praise Jesus that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, verse 9, that, and to make all men see what is the, the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God who, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Amen. So the operation of, of, of for the ministry of revelation to... Or call and to prosper, there must be a prosperity of or, and presence of a kind of manifestation of grace, which we call the operation of utterance. Right? That utterance, like I said before, is the, is the, is the teaching operation of grace, it's actually, is actually the speaking operation. Do you see that? So guard your mind, be sober, hope to the end. for The grace that comes to you at the word revelation. So that word at the revelation, um, you say, in a way you say, ah, grace come by revelation is true. But revelation is an operation of grace. Do you understand that? Uh There are things that we need to understand. You need to see the gracious operation of the spirit. Grace means energy. Mm-hmm. So, so you see the way for the way um, the the way fellowship occur is by is by sharing. I don't know if you can it's like fellowship means is to share, you must share. So you cannot come into any grace unless the spirit comes to you with that grace and begins to act out that grace in your vicinity and now makes you to share in the grace that is operating. So, the the way you receive grace is actually by, by being present with the demonstration of grace. Are you getting me? By the spirit. So, the holy spirit in himself is actually an operator of grace the spirit of god is actually is also as an operator of grace is a demonstrator of grace so if the holy ghost wants to wants to implant their their gracious the grace for knowledge to the soul then he will then from it come within you and in your vicinity he will now come. That grace which he wants to give you, he will begin to use it and speak with it and, and talk with that grace. That's how grace operates. If you want to know no, even, um, maybe not even spiritual grace, there's a, there's a type of grace which you find with men naturally. Every thing, every soul that God created you want, there is no soul you can find that has have some kind of grace inside the soul. Does that make sense to you? Now, I mean, we're not talking about grace of God now. We're just talking about that thing called grace, right? Say grace. grace. Um, so every soul that is created, as long as it's living, is actually a soul that can do spiritual function. When I say living, I don't mean living, but I mean a it, soul that can do spiritual function. Um, is actually endowed with grace of some sort. I think the way the Greek translate grace is almost like charisma. Right, like It's charisma, charis. Charisma means, means grace. Uh-huh, so there is, a, there is a, a, almost like a natural charisma which people can carry. You can say, why, well, that guy has so much grace for something. Right, that when you see somebody uniquely able to do something easily as if he's not doing anything is because there is some kind of natural charisma operating. Now, if it's possible that if you have maybe the facility inside of you, when I say facility, I mean your genetics, I mean your, you know, your blood, your frame, your body, everything. You, have, you can have the facility to, to carry out certain function but not able yet to carry it out because you haven't touched the, the, the grace for that operation. So how would you touch that grace? It will take you going to somebody who carries the charisma of that kind of operation. And then when you stay with them, they will bring you to share in the fellowship of that thing. Then when you share by, by that, that's what you call the concept of mentorship is for, the, is for the transfer of charisma. And you find it anywhere. Anywhere you see human beings that are doing, doing anything significant, I don't mean maybe they are anything. Even when it comes to playing, sports, any field where it involves the usage of the inward ability of the soul to achieve things. Even in, you know, in career, different fields, you find such things there. It's hard for you to find anybody on the earth who, let's say, naturally achieves something. And you say, I just came, I just woke up, and then I just started having this ability. And I was just doing it, and I became the best at it in the world, and nobody, no input. No, it's, no, it's, it's actually not possible to find someone who can do that, most of the time they will say, okay, there was this ability in me I, could, I found I had an towards something but I was privileged to maybe come in contact with somebody right, who also excelled in the grace of this thing and I was mentored. Right? You are watching them and then, are you getting what I'm saying? So I'm showing you the um, what that thing, just to explain to you what grace is. Right. Grace is powerful. Grace can can bring about transfer. Grace gives access to fellowship. Praise Jesus. Grace gives what? Grace gives access to what? Grace gives access to fellowship. Amen. So, the way God gives grace is by making grace appear. Now, the purpose of anything called appearance is for seeing. In Titus chapter 2, it says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation as what appeared unto all men, teaching them. So, that grace means you 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 must see the grace somehow there has to be an appearance of grace. Guard up the loins of your mind, be sober. And then hope to the end. That what is, hope is a hope is actually a visual word. Right. Hope. Anytime you see hope, you have you is a, a sight. That's why the graduation of Christ, you say that that, are, that three, these three abide. Faith, faith, and then what? Hope, and then what Charity. So, faith is to is the beginning of seeing. Right? It's faith at first when you are seen by faith? You've not started seeing. You are just seen by faith. But when hope that is seen is not hope anymore. Where is that place? Romans, chapter five or. Sorry, Romans chapter 8. He saying that for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what? A man seeth. Why, why does he yet hope for it? Hope that is seen is not hope. But what a man seeth. Are you getting me? What, that thing that a man, if he see it, why does he yet hope for it? But faith is... Uh, um, it, uh, is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Aha, uh-huh. now, that place can confuse you. When, you, when they show you faith, hope, and charity, you say, ah, but when you don't bring scripture to interpret it, it's not, I do but the truth is that hope comes before faith. You don't agree with me? <laughs> I remember I thought this thing was a long time ago. <laughs> was, I, I think Okutoko uh, was there, he almost fought me that day. I was like, <laughs> it, was in, it was a meeting and I thought, hope, what did, ah, that thing it was too clear. It's faith, hope, charity. And I was teaching that no, I was in a hope first. Then faith, he didn't agree with me. I just left that thing. <laughs> But well, I was teaching something. I wasn't teaching the sanctuary. I wasn't teaching, I was just teaching. Um, it's very clear that the hope, there is a, that the, what the Levites have is the hope of Christ. Yeah. Do you understand? There is a hope. You can never have faith without hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for. You already had hope for something. Then faith when the word for that the revelation of that thing comes then you have faith. You can have hope for something without the word for it. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So actually hope comes before faith. There is a faith. The, the, the milk of the word is the hope for the meat of the word. Do you understand? It's the, the, the reason for the milk of the word is to create, a, is to change a hope inside of you, is to make you actually have a, a hope, to give you something that is hoped for, which is the knowledge of Christ then when you now begin to touch the actual knowledge, it now starts with its fate. But the, the fate of Christ will not bear hope for another thing. The hope in 1 Corinthians 13 is the hope not about, it's not really a hope for the life of Christ. It's a hope which is an anchor which enters within, within the veil. Do you understand? You are hoping for the next round. So the hope for now is, the, is for the next The hope you have is hope for something ahead. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So that, so hope, so, that, so this place, we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man see it, why does he yet hope? It's very clear that once you start faith, once you start the operation of faith, is, faith is actually... The, a kind of seeing in the spirit, not physical seeing. the substance of things hoped for, then the evidence of things what not seen. And now you can put it that is the seeing of things not seen. Uh, does that make any Just remove evidence. Evidence is seen. Evidence is the evidence. Hey, that's the evidence. Take, see it, right? That's the evidence. Uh-huh. What makes it's evident? Uh huh. If it's evident, okay, yeah, it's seen. So so evidence means what you see. In summary. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the and is the scene of things not seen. Do you understand that is is so just telling you faith is another side. It's a scene of things that are faith just makes you see what is not seen. Faith is actually a sight, that's all. What is faith is just a sight. Another scene. What you don't see normally, let's make you see it. Are you just getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, but whatever is seen is not hope. For why do you hope for what, for what you've seen? Why are you still hoping for it? <laughs> do you understand? Uh-huh. So, it's very clear that before the fate of the Son, there was a hope of the Son. What the milk of the Word helps the soul to do is to hope for the Son. Boy, though you don't have the word for it, you don't have the ability to see the sun, and the, by the milk of the word can't make you see the sun, but it can create a kind of hope, right, for, for Christ within the soul. Praise Jesus. Amen. Then once faith starts, that begins the beginning, that's when you begin to see Christ. You are no longer in the place of hoping when it comes to the nature of Christ. You are now in the place where you are beginning to see him spiritually, they begin to raise the evidences by revelation. Revelation is the giving of evidence. That's a spiritual evidence, you understand? To the soul. Then, then when you have so much evidence of Christ, Christ is also a foundation for you to start another hope. It's called the lively hope. Right, this the word called the lively hope is the hope for what the of everlasting life the hope of everlasting life. Amen. Verse 3, says, blessed be God. And that's First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which abo- according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto what? A lively hope by the what? Resurrection of what? Christ from the dead. So that thing called lively hope is, is the hope for the glory of God. Have you read that one? What that verse is that? That in hope of the glory of God. Colossians 1, this Colossians 1, 27, is calling in the hope of glory. To to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of what is mystery among what? The Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you. What do you call it? The hope of what? Glory. So, do you understand me? Now, do you believe that charity is also a hope? Uh, uh? Yes, yeah. Charity is also a hope. You, that, this hope doesn't end until you enter into the most holy. So, when you say faith, hope, charity, that hope in Christ, just at like the point where hoping starts, do you understand that nobody can ever have hope for God without the faith of Christ? Right, Because the foundation of God, standard sure, that's Christ, is the foundation. Once Christ is laid, then you can now begin to have another hope, are you getting me? That will begin to, to, to increase, and then one time, at one point you will now have the hope in a certain way. It will become an anchor, which hope you have as an anchor, which can now enter into that which is what? Within the veil. Am I making some sense to you? Praise Jesus. Amen. So the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto what? All men. He has appeared. So that word, appeared unto all men, means that all men can see. Right? So when grace is coming, the grace of God, when it comes to man, is coming to make man have an insight into, you must have an insight into the operations of that grace, then it is that operation of that grace is the teaching operations of grace. So you see, a lot of times, there's a way the Holy Spirit, when it comes to message of salvation, the way the Holy Spirit ministers salvation, a lot of times he doesn't doesn't talk to you because you cannot really take anything that he's saying. The spirit doesn't speak to you. This is one of the problems that people have when you are moving from milk of the word to word of righteousness and the word of Christ and then, you know, the, the word of salvation is you think the, the ministry changes from Holy Ghost speaking to you the Holy Ghost just speaking about things. Do you know there's a difference? Mm-hmm. And some souls can't bear that. They get angry. Why are you not talking? It's time for Holy Ghost. I, I know the Holy Ghost, he talks to me every time. But since I came around this place, he doesn't talk anymore. Do you understand? <laughs> Amen. So there is a season when Holy Ghost will speak to you personally. You know, that personal voice of the Spirit it, when it, it begins first once you get born again you should begin to hear the Holy Spirit once you get born again you, you just be here we just be talking about anything silly, silly things can even crack jokes to you you know the, that's the, and that, that operation really um, sh- would, sh- should not leave you and will not leave you it's just that sometimes they would tune it down because if they don't tune it down you will never hear anything else you just be Holy Ghost, what should I wear today? Holy Ghost, should I eat today? Holy Ghost, should I wear which car? Holy Ghost, what should I do? Holy Ghost, this, Holy Ghost. That's all you will just be talking about. So He will just be talking to you because no man will ever by himself get tired of Holy Spirit talking to you about his, his things, his lust, and his pride. Holy Ghost can tell you, okay, I know you will which loss you like this, that loss, you have this loss, that loss, that loss. Ah, Holy Ghost, which loss are we flowing with today? Mm, okay. There's a way that, if you, this one is actually pretty bad, so manage the other one for today. You don't think Holy Ghost can tell you that? Huh? So somebody who is lost for, with ambition, for position, do you think Holy Ghost can lead him on what job to take? Even but what is driving the job is lost. Holy <laughs> well, Ghost will tell okay, this one, this, that one will actually kill you completely. Just this one is a bit better. In your lust, it will still come and still tell you, okay, try this one. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that is in your things. So, so before the word of Christ, most of the things we've heard the Holy Spirit about are our own things that are, it's within the context of our lust and our pride because they haven't started dealing with our lust and our pride. So the Holy Spirit can still speak to you uh, even within the context of those things. That's why I hear the Holy Ghost should never be your... Validation for anything. When someone said, But I heard God, God spoke to me. That's some people have, you know what people have done in the name of God speaking to them. Most of the evils of the world is in the name of God speaking to men. Someone I read it, I read a meme somewhere, someone just read that. Someone said, anytime someone has ever said in history God spoke to them, it never ended well. <laughs> I could tell where he was coming from. I could tell where it was coming from because a lot of people have done evil in the name of, of you know. So that thing of spoke to me, spoke to me, is actually it's a childish language, actually. That like God spoke to me. Someone has gotten angry that I don't, it's like I don't respect their leading or something. That, anytime I, 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 I say God leads me, or something that you don't usually r- respond. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We've all been there. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> now God spoke to me. Praise Jesus. So the Holy Spirit can speak to you. And he, he does that in the era while you are still a baby. Praise Jesus. But there will be a season when he will stop speaking. He has to limit speaking to you because speaking to you will not help you too much. But rather he has to now speak about Things that you don't know anything about, right? Things that you are not in tune to, things that you don't even know about, talk less of wanting to hear about, they're actually things. First of all, he will be, when he begins to speak about the things of the new creation, right? That is not speaking to you, in the sense that you heard it from the milk of the word. You will not, even though you say, ah, oh, but I hear revelation, when they are speaking revelation, they're not speaking to you like that. If it, that's why even in the season of the word of Christ, any time somebody gets up and says, I heard that one thing, and you want to go and do that one revelation, you most likely you make a mistake. I don't know if I'm making any wisdom. Do you hear what I'm saying? That I'm talking of even in the season of Christ, when they are speaking, when he's speaking the things of Christ, they so can look inside and then take one thing. Say, ah, this one is for me. So it means I should go and do this. Most of the time, that's an error. It will, it will not end well because there's a way that that speaking in the season of knowledge occurs is not the kind of speaking that you are used to. The speaking in the season of knowledge is for. Is not to tell you to go and do something. It's not to address you. It's to bring you into a fellowship. Yeah. Do you understand? It's not the same thing. So the goal is to bring you into a fellowship. It's not for you to go and do anything. It's for you to actually come into a fellowship. Now, now, for them to bring you into that fellowship, this grace must appear. That what appear means, they must now bring the, the, the conversation of what they want to make you a fellowship of. They must bring it near to your soul and begin to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Discussion. Praise Jesus. That yeah. discussion is the, and it was also using the grace of that fellowship to, to pick the language of the fellowship. That's what you call knowledge and utterance, right? There's, Utterance is, say, the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that, un- that denying un- ungod- ungodliness and worldly laws, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. Now, this is not saying, the grace is not saying, hey, go and deny ungodliness. No. Read it properly. It's a grace that appeared to you, then. That appearance, now, when you are in a class and they are teaching you, is it, how do they, is it, hey, go and do this now. You, go and do the other one. Hey, you, go on. Hey, instruction. That's not teaching. (laughs) When it's time to be taught, it's a different thing. A classroom is, you sit, you have your water, you have your tea, you have your whatever, you have to, you stay there, and then the professor now brings a conversation. If they say, the formula for current is I equal to V over R. Are they saying you should go and get a voltage and at that point go and get a resistor and then go and, are you getting what I'm saying? It's, no, it's teaching you the formula for, for current. <laughs> and, in, and inside that teaching they can bring a circuit, solve the circuit. You can bring a whole transmission line, begin to break it down and begin to, are you getting what I'm saying? And you've not moved from that spot. It's called teaching. Am I making some sense to you? It's called, it's called what? This operation of grace. So it's telling that the, the grace that bringeth salvation, salvation is not really how women conceive it. It's actually a teaching grace. It's to suspend the soul in a place where the soul has an appearance of a conversation. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you see, inside conversation, when they are speaking... You might not, they are not saying, hey, go and deny God." If you tell you so, go and deny ungodliness. He doesn't even know what to do. He will just pick one thing, what he thinks ungodliness is. And he will just try and say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. But that's not denying ungodliness. No. And then worldly lusts. Then living soberly. Are you get what I'm saying? So this, everything they mention here, they are complex attitude of existence. Do you get what I'm saying? They are what? They are complex attitude of what, of what existence. They are talking about the posturing of the inward man. because what they say, ungodliness, worldly lust. These are not act, actions. Mm. Ungodliness is an image, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. right? Yes, Lost. Are spiritual energies that are bombarded into soul that soul can have restored inside them? <laughs> Do you understand that? So, this teaching they are, they are showing to you this one this thing about salvation that's why you'll see, see what everything we will been hearing is. We started from Hebrews chapter 2, and we must give the more and less heed to the things which have heard. Let let them sleep. We've We've been looking at all of those things. There's an attitude around the season of salvation that has to do with the when they want to save a man is when they want to make a man now begin to war against invisible enemies. Is actually is a side of God. Is a wisdom of God that it is. This is where you begin to touch the genius of the life of God. Is God? They have, they have they have technology for things for 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 impossible things. God has technology for what? For how can you save a man from what he doesn't know? Okay. Only God can do that. Do you understand what I mean? And and in such a way that you are cooperating with his will to save him from enemies that he cannot just discern. That doesn't appear to his consciousness. You know lust does not appear to your consciousness. Right now that does ungodliness. Most likely the ungodly man thinks he's very godly. And then the, the person who is filled with the most love feels he's in love with God. And he's just doing all these things for God. But he's, full of, he's the most full of lusts. Are you getting what I'm saying? So imagine what they're trying to make you wage war with. Mm. So it's, you can see that the, the, the battle of saving a soul is a, is, a, is a job that only God can do. That, that is a job that... So, but the difficulty is in men being able to align with the way, the method, the process, is not easy to teach souls into alignment with the ministry of salvation. Because everything that we have known thus far has been, since when you started learning in this world, the way they structure learning is to structure your, your mind against the pattern of God. But there is a way the Holy Spirit will come and then he will now begin to teach you this. And not that way that you can deal with the invisible world, enemies of your soul. So, so the grace of God that bringeth salvation as what well appeared unto all men, doing what? Teaching us. So, so what we are trying to break into by God's grace, by, by the mercy of God, is that, that thing called teaching us. How does he teach? How do you teach a soul to make them saved? How do you save a soul? What's the way of teaching? Are you getting me? So I said that it's very clear then that this teaching has to do with operations of grace. Yes. Right. Let's go to that First Corinthians again. Thank you, Jesus. Um, First Corinthians chapter three said, "Grace be unto you and." Peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Christ Jesus that in everything that you are enriched by him in what all utterance and in all what knowledge even as what the testimony of Christ was then what? Was then confirmed in you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so arriving at verse 7 is for the confirmation. So verse 6 is the confirmation even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed. That what confirmed is that they now realize that it is found inside you. That's when they they confirm, okay, ah, finally this soul has received the word testimony of Christ. There's a process by which they would then confirm that soul, that testimony. You know, it's the person who is doing it who will confirm it. That that testimony of Christ is now inside the soul. Praise Jesus. Then verse 7, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming. So this verse 7 um, is telling you the reason why the testimony of Christ is confirmed, has to be confirmed inside the soul, is to make the soul to, to what? Come behind in no gift. And then waiting for the coming of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, then Verse 8, we another confirmation, which is another these confirmations are different seasons of operation to deliver things to the soul. So who shall confirm you unto the end? Then what is the end that you be blameless in the what day of who our Lord Jesus Christ so, this confirmation unto the end. So, these are two things which grace, the ministry of grace, ought to do in the soul, right? There is the first operation of grace, which is the, the ministry of grace, which is to deliver the testimony of Christ. Praise Jesus. Alleluia. Then the second operation of grace is to. Make the soul blameless, what in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. To make the soul blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ is can only occur by the coming of our Lord. Now do you see that this say coming? Verse 7. Say so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the what coming of our Lord. So the person in whom the testimony of Christ. Has been confirmed in that person is waiting for another coming, which is the coming of who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that coming, if you following the, the, the message, we've been talking about that coming. That was the coming of, I, will, I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That's the Lord Jesus speaking. Now, we know that that Him saying, I will come to you, is talking about a season of He Himself coming to you. Praise Jesus. Now and what is the reason for him coming? It's simple. It's for fellowship. Another fellowship. Not this fellowship of Christ. Praise Jesus. Not the word. The fellowship of Christ is to bring the soul into another word. Fellowship. What other fellowship? That's the the, the the place I, I pray the Lord will shed light on amen for us today. The honor fellowship is the fellowship which is the which is the entire point which is the real fellowship. First of all he said I who am lower than the least of all the saints Ephesians chapter three was, is this grace given that I should preach unto the gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. The next verse verse 9 Ephesians 3 verse 9 and then to make all men see. Now this is and do you see and there is the first of all the unsearchable riches of Christ first of all you teach that when the unsearchable riches of Christ has been delivered to the soul this 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 6 has been confirmed that even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So the testimony of Christ is a soul who has come into all the world, suchable riches of Christ. In such a soul, the testimony of of Christ has been confirmed by the operation of grace is this grace given I might preach among the Gentiles They who are Gentiles those who were formerly in ignorance concerning it the opposite of ignorance is knowledge do you understand so when a soul is a what delivers a Gentile soul from their Gentile nature is the operation of utterance and knowledge which is the operations of what? grace do you understand me? The operation of what? The operation of grace. Amen. Amen. So that, that operation of grace is for the bringing of riches. Do you understand that? Say riches. riches. So the, what is behind the giving of riches is actually grace. Nobody can receive riches without grace. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace giving that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. First Corinthians chapter one enriched by him. Let's see. From verse 5, verse 4, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you, you are what? Enriched by him in what? All utterance and knowledge. Are you seeing that? So the, g- grace is for enrichment, or uh, is to bring is for the bringing of riches to the soul. So I who am lower than the least of the saints was this grace given to, to, that I might preach among the Gentiles first of all the unsearchable riches of Christ that would lead to the confirmation of the word or testimony of Christ. Then and, verse 9. So this and is not the same operation. So this and is another... Is another to so make all men see is the operation of the grace that has appeared unto all men, teaching them. That's, this is what he was making reference to in Titus chapter 2. That the, verse 11, that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Now, you're saying all men here, that teaches them. Teaching them that denying the ungodliness, worldly lust, that you might what? Live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world. That is a particular grace. So, this is not the grace that brings about the enrichment or that unsight, in the unsearchable riches of Christ, but this is and to make what? All men what? See. To make all men what? See. What is the word? Fellowship. of the the mystery. So that thing, when you say all men, all men, all men, appeared unto all men to make all men see. That word men there is not, first of all, it's not male, number one. Number two, it's not alluding to human beings, just all human beings. It's actually, the word men is actually referring to stature. So there is an operation of grace that, a, that comes to babies, then there is a, an operation of grace that comes to men. You say, in malice be babes, in understanding be men. Right? That would when they, that's you, that would tell you their language when they say be men, when they use the word men. There, all men is all who have who have some growth. They have some level of development, so there is a the grace of God that brings salvation doesn't appear to babies. It appears to men, all men. It appears to all men. So it, it, there is a grace which you must be a man, not a male. Man in terms of stature. It's also in the, the same concept they use men when they say the man child. It's not the male child. He's talking about the developed child. That was man. Man means stature. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they are using this word men. They are attaching this men to that, this particular grace. You know, amen, that I might preach on to. First of all, verse 7, Gentiles. Verse 9. Sorry, verse 8, Gentiles. Verse 9, men. Can you see the difference? If they didn't say that I who am Lord and the, the least of the saints is this great giving that I might preach unto all men the unsearchable riches of Christ. Is in Gentile. Gentile, there is not alone. Praise God. We're not just reading Paul. We're reading spirit. If you, if you can't read spirit, you can never understand salvation. Once you just you stop reading spirit, you, you won't see the Bible anymore. So there, is, there are things that they put behind the firewall of the Spirit in the scripture that you must start reading, you must be able to read the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is His, what are you reading? You are reading by the, the grace of utterance in the spirit. It is it's the utterance, it is the usage of utterance that produced the Bible. Right? You know, the, 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 the scripture is the book of utterance. Am I making sense to you? Is anybody following me? I don't know. Sometimes. Okay. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible is the book of utterance. So it means that the scripture would never have been produced. if, if Knowledge alone would not produce the Bible. Knowledge was there. When it's time to give men, it's, it had, the Holy Ghost has to take up that, uh-huh, the, 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 an operation of grace called utterance. Utterance is, 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 is actually a charisma in God that God brought forth. I means how to say it, how to put it for the purpose of. I said, I said, the reason for utterance is for to do what? To I defined it earlier is for Huh? shout it if you're saying something just say it. transfer of knowledge. What kind of knowledge? What kind of transfer? Invisible knowledge. Praise Jesus, and to bring it to where. Please, now you wrote it down. You took someone took notes. Nobody took notes. What I exactly what I said. Yes. By normal by people. Praise Jesus. Hey, preaching here is not that easy. I won't lie to you. Thank you, Jesus. Are we together? Are you sure? Say, praise Jesus. praise Jesus. So, utterance is talking about, the, is it traveling, is moving things out of the, uh, if I don't feel like you are getting what I'm saying, I will stay in one place. You don't understand that thing. Uh, so, uh, that, the feedback thing is, so that we, we don't have time, we only have like a short time left. So, I don't want to stay around the same place. Uh, amen. Amen. I have to know that you have heard. What I'm teaching is that happening here. You need hearing. Hearing. If there's dullness of hearing, things will be hard to utter. Yes, this, is, Are you getting me? Yes, sir. That, yeah, so there's a way. God designed it that way. <laughs> Praise God. So the, I have to be convinced of that things are flowing inside you. And some people I'll be like, no, I, I need to shake my head. We're all spiritual, so just design it <laughs> and just... The it in the spirit that we are hearing, please, I'm not at that level yet, you know. I will get there by God's grace. I will just read your mind, okay, the word has entered, and i the other one by, you know, by the Holy Ghost, I'll just see it inside you, but I, somehow I need some kind of feedback, praise Jesus, so that I can know, eh, uh, yeah, it has entered, then we can move on to other things. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So, 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 so like I can say, utterance is not for preaching, it's not just preaching, it's not just ah I have utterance to speak. It's not that utterance. Like I can say someone can be silent. Utterance is there. Yes. Utterance is talking about the, from the spirit how they make things. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation must pick up the grace of utterance. It's through the grace of utterance that they use to make things come from the spirit. You understand? So and then so the the Bible is a, is a book of utterance. Right, it's a, it's a book that was raised and created by the spirit of God with his own mind. So you can see that the Bible actually is, is it doesn't only contain information, it also contains manner, way. Yes, sir. When, so when you see a person, when a person who has, who, who has seen the operation of that, that utterance grace of the spirit... And they know about how the Holy Ghost uses that. When they read the Bible, it will be different. They won't just read it like, oh, the context, this is what Paul was saying here. When he say Gentile, it meant those who are not Jews. Because in that time, Ephesians were not, were not Jews. So he was talking to Ephesians, who were not Jewish people. So therefore, when he said to, to preach unto the Gentile, it means that he's sending me to people who are not Jews. And you know, That's how people interpret Bible, you know what I mean? <laughs> When I, say, when I say Gentile, I mean those who have ignorance in them. They won't believe <laughs> that you, are, you, you interpret Gentile there as just. And are they wrong? No. Right? And is it possible that when, when Paul was writing this, he was referring to Gentiles? It's very possible that that's what it's, but Paul is not the author of the Bible. The Holy Ghost was using his mind, his understanding, the scenario at that time to write something and code it in a, in a way that for people who would tap into his utterance charisma to be able to read with that same charisma on the inside to decode what he's trying to say. Am I making some sense to you? So that's why the only way you can know what he's saying, you must take another side of the Bible. That, that doesn't break the code of is all trans operation and use that manner by the spirit. That's how you operate it. So how you, how you interpret Gentile, Gentile, you have to now find where the Holy Ghost explain who a Gentile is. It's Ephesians 4. We walk not as other Gentiles walk. Who, what, in the vanity, vanity of their mind. Who have their, what? Vanity. Standing darkened by what? Uh-huh. That's why testifying the Lord that you walk on as under the walk in the vanity of their mind, right? Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life, that's all because of the ignorance. So if anybody has ignorance in them, who have vanity of mind, who have understanding darkened, and as a result there's alienation what of the li- from the life of God because of blindness in their heart is a gentile. As far as the spirit is concerned. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when he said that, to, to show or to, that I who am, lower, who am lower than the list of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. You have to, don't see people than tribes. See who is a Gentile to God. If you fall into that category, then you are the people to who it was, the grace was given to preach among the unsearchable word, which is of Christ. You have to now use the same wisdom to interpret all men. Someone some might have an issue with me interpreting all men. They say, well, why, doesn't all men just mean everybody in the world? No, we have to still use the Bible, the wisdom of when it says, man, it's by the spirit. Do you understand what I mean? Uh-huh. So when he's saying to make all men see, so these all men are not people like, who are just in the vanity of their mind, who, ha- who completely, have, completely have full blindness of heart. Who, are, who have complete ignorance in them. That's not those people. They've grown out of being Gentile. Because of the in them, they confirm the testimony of Christ in them. They have some measures. So verse 8 has been fulfilled. Now, verse 9 is now talking about another operation of grace that is for to. Make men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, right? So this making all men see is particular fellowship of a mystery. Which mystery? It is a mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God who created all things. So this is not the mystery of Christ. Right? Right? It's not the mystery of the nature of Christ. It's a particular mystery which from the beginning of the world had been what hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. So it's very clear. This mystery is actually the mystery of the beginning. Do you accept it? It's the mystery of the beginning. When they say had been hidden God from the beginning, do they mean that it was never in God before? No, this is telling you that it's, more, it's not really about, the, yeah, it is hidden God, that's true, but the point here is telling you that this is a mystery. The time when God hid it in Himself is actually the time when God ordained it for man. Yes. That's what they are, they are telling you. From Ah, that was when He hid it there. See, so this is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Then it's the author of kings to what to such. Okay, where was the matter before God concealed it? Uh huh. It was. So what do you say, sir? From the eternal realm toward the everlasting realm. Right. So, it's something that God. He it was. He, he God brought it. Right. When you say beginning, beginning is not a. You don't find the word the language beginning inside God's eternal nature. All you see is eternal, 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 eternal. You say, "What is eternal?" I say, "Eternal is actually eternal." That's the best way we can talk about it. You must that when it comes to eternal, only those who are who have entered that place can tell you what eternal is. Do you understand what I mean? So, but there was a time when God, now from His eternal habitation, you know, he, He then began. Then. When it began and it started, it now began to hide things. Okay, this one will hide it here. The other one will hide it here. We'll hide this one here. Let's hide this one. Where's he bring? There are things, his own things, but he said we will bring those things into the present, the time, the, it will bring into creation, but we are not going to keep them open to everybody. We, are, you know, we will bring them into creation, but we will keep them hidden. Now, it's very clear that the everlasting properties of God have been in him right from his eternity. Yes, sir. But when he came into creation, he will now say, okay, this aspect would bring an aspect of myself into creation, and then I will hide it in this manner. It means I will make it Mysterious. Am I making some sense? Yes. So, when they say that which has been hidden God, he's talking about a particular mystery which, they, want, which they, they make people who have some maturity in Christ. Such people are candidates of coming into fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been what? Heeding God, who created what? All things by Jesus Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise Jesus. Praise God. So the the mystery um, is the this bringing souls into this mystery is the purpose of his coming. That the coming of Jesus. Praise God. Um, The The coming of Jesus, there's what you call the end of his coming. The, 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 The full purpose of his coming is to fulfill the access into a fellowship. That's the reason for the coming of the Lord, is to bring, to fulfill what, access to bring men into a certain world fellowship. That's what we're saying in John chapter 14. right? When he was saying that I in okay, verse 3, say, I go to prepare a place for you I will come again. John, John 14 verse 3 I go to, and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, there will you be also. That is a fellowship to bring man into that place where he is. Then he now said, on that day that you will know that you are in me, and the what? I am in you, and I am in my word, Father. Fellowship. Praise God. Verse 20, John 14, verse 20. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and then you and what in me and what and I in you. Praise God. This fellowship is what they call, Paul called it the fellowship of his son. Let's see. Um, That first Corinthians chapter one. Glory to God. Uh, verse eight says, "We shall also confirm you unto the end." Do you see that? So, verse seven, so that you come behind, you no gift waiting for the coming of Jesus, right? So, there is a the as you are waiting for the coming, then there will be a time when He will come. Praise God. Now there is there are when you, you can separate the coming of Jesus into two two sort of categories, right? There is the coming for the manifestation of himself that's the first coming for manifestation of himself, but the coming that fully, there's another coming that, that whose purpose is confirmation to the end. Do you see that? There's another coming that whose purpose is what? Confirmation on the end, there's a first coming, which is the, f- the coming of the manifestation of himself, is to make himself manifest, that's first operation of coming. That one, the manifestation of himself, is to help the soul to come to a point that all men may see Right, there is to see the see the fellowship of the mystery. So every every point where the soul can begin to see the fellowship of the mystery, that soul has received the manifestation of himself. That word manifest means to make him manifest. There's an operation that makes him manifest. Right? Then when it's manifest, that is this that you are now able to see the To see him is a capacity of the soul. So in answer, the reason for the doctrine of Christ is to make the Lord Jesus manifest. Does that make any sense to you? The reason for the doctrine of Christ is to make who? The Lord Jesus manifest. When he's been made manifest, he will come again. Let's read that. uh, um, John, let's read John chapter 15. Glory to God. John 4, 14. Praise God. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 18, John 14, 18. Litt, little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, and because I live, you shall live also. Verse 20. At that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me. And What? Uh, in you, then verse 21 that he that hath my commandment and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me, I will be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Praise God, he that, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Then Judah said unto him, not is current Lord, how is it that thou shalt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and we will do what? Make our abode with him. Amen. Now there is a transition here from, you see verse 21 then verse 23. There are Speaking of two different things, or two different seasons of coming. Praise God. The first one is, to he that had his commandment, and keepeth them, it is he that loveth me. Right? Right? Then he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. This is, the father will, will love him. I will love him too. And I will manifest myself to him. So, it's very clear that the, he will be manifested until a soul has fallen in love with him. Do you see that? Yes. If a soul hasn't fallen in love with him, right? Then he will not be what? He will not, he will not manifest himself. So he manifests himself to he that hath my commandments. That person loves me. And he that loveth me shall be loved with my father. And then I will love him and then will do what? Manifest myself to him. So the manifestation of himself to him is to make him so you can see that anyone that loves him is a man according to Ephesians chapter three. Right? Because the end of the unsearchable riches of Christ is to produce a love in the soul. Mm-hmm. so but there are different levels of love. Well, so this love here as is a love for manifestation. He will come. So you, you can you can see that the first time when the son will manifest is in the holy place. That's the first time that the Son will be made manifest. But the Son is not manifest to everybody. I mean, this Son, to everybody in the holy place. This Son is manifested to them that love Him in the, in the sanctuary. It's actually a place where those who have reason to love Him. Then He will come and manifest. Himself to them. Then, verse 23 that one who loves him to whom he's been made manifest, right, will now have a season of keeping my words. Right? There's a difference here between my words in a way and that thing called my commandments. Do you know that? God has his commandment there's a commandment of God Yeah right Then there is the commandment of Jesus himself which is commandments that include the commandment of Christ Right that commandment of Christ amen that is to equip the soul for manifestation of him. When that commandment is kept, is to bring about manifestation. Uh-huh. So those commandments are here, are commandments of brotherhood. That was John began to speak around that area and talking about uh-huh, even... At some point, Jesus was speaking. said, I write a new commandment. I first, said, a new commandment I write unto you. Then after he said that, I'm not writing a new commandment, but that which was heard from the beginning. At one point, he said, the commandment I write unto that you should love one another. Can you find that place? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. First John 2, verse 7 said, so, brethren, I write no new commandment unto you but an old commandment which you had from the beginning that the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning, okay? Uh, again, a new commandment I write unto you which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is past and the true light shineth. Praise God. And Okay, he that said is in the light and he that his brother is in darkness even until now, amen. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is no occasion of what? Of stumbling in Him, praise God. So anyway, the love of the brethren, um, Amen. This is not the place I'm looking for. Somewhere else. Thank you, Jesus. Um. Thank you, Father. Chapter One, let's see, I believe. Verse twenty one, First John, Chapter Four. First John, Chapter Four. From verse 7, it says that, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You see that? And he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And hearing his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And beloved, if God so loved us, then we ought also to do what? To love one another. And no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is what perfected in us that hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he had given us of his word, his spirit, amen. Just to, because of time, let's down to verse 16. Okay, and we know we have known and believe the love of God, the love that God had to us. For lo- God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not been perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And if a man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he is a liar, for for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, you see that? If a man say I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen. How can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Praise God. Now, that verse 20, um, saying that, he, that if if, I, so I, if a man say I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he cannot see? So this loving your brother whom you have seen here is more than just um, physical stuff. That word seen is more than I see you physically, so I love you. What John is teaching here is something deeply spiritual. Uh, you ask me who is a brother your brother is who you can see who you or is who you have the equipment to see who you have the the ability to see so there is a, a time when your the highest side of the soul is to be able to see what is in to see what is in the brotherhood. Do you get that? It's not the same thing as seeing what is in God. That is the, that brotherhood is a sight. So it says if a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he's a liar, for he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he had not seen? So this is a time when God is not yet seen to the soul. But the soul has come into a certain place where the soul seeth something, right? Is the soul cannot, has seen something that is this scene is has still has a touch of divinity yes, sir. to it, but is seeing divinity in God is not the same thing as seeing divinity in the brethren. Right, so there is a, a time of seeing, the, there is a time where you can see that the brotherhood is something like you are sharing, um, that you have similarity of genetic information. So this one can see into the gene of the other. Someone from the outside cannot see their, their blood. But they, because they are from the same thing, they share in it. They are siblings of the same genetic stream. They are able to see into each other. That's the place of sight. Are you get what I'm saying? And that place is, that's the place of preparation. That is the season of manifestation. That is the first coming. The season of the first coming is First, that manifestation is different because the next verse is different from the, the world cannot see him. So how is, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? It's talking about the season of manifestation when the, everything about Gentile behavior, nature, has been dealt with already by the riches of Christ in the soul then it comes to another manifestation, another time of sin, where, uh now, that thing called, um, love of the brethren, right, is, is a, is a high love. Charity has zones. The peak of the, Love of the sanctuary is the when the, the, the soul who is sanctified comes into the fellowship of the Son. Praise God. Hallelujah. Comes into what? The now, I'm not talking about comes into sonship. Every soul of the sanctuary is a son of or to a degree, is a son of sanctification. Are you getting me? But the reason for sonship is for, to come come into the, what you call, the fellowship of the son. That, the fellowship, let's see that in, quickly, that first Corinthians, let's quickly go back, amen. Amen. First Corinthians verse um, eight, right? So he was talking about this confirmation, so verse seven says, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he will, he will come first. This come first is first of all his, manifest, his, his manifestation. That's the first coming, right? Which this is what John was actually speaking concerning, right? The culmination of this coming. When, if a man loves me, he will keep my commandments, Right. So that is the, the first st- keeping of commandment. Right. That he calls my commandment. That commandment also has its end. Right. It has its own uh, uh, dealing. Praise Jesus. Now, when he, he he manifests himself, then verse eight now speaks of the operation of confirming you unto the end. Uh-huh. So there is an operation of the fellowship of the Son, which is what that fellowship is all about. But first of all, that's fellowship, let's quickly see verse then verse 9. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the word fellowship of who? His son, who? Jesus Christ. Right? So the the fellowship of his son is the point where the ministry of the Son begins. and you want to summarize what is actually the ministry of the Son of God is confirming you unto where, unto the end. That what confirming you unto the end is the purpose of the hidden mystery. Right, that hidden mystery, hidden mystery, hidden mystery. The hidden mystery is hid from the beginning. Right, so where that ministry mystery starts is the point called beginning. There's a point called beginning. That's the the beginning of that mystery. Uh-huh. is is a portion of ministry. Is actually the the beginning of everlasting life. That's what that beginning is, right? It's the mystery, right? Aha. Uh-huh. Now you might know what is the fellowship of the mystery, which God hid uh-huh. from. So the reason for the, the, the manifestation of the Son, I will come to him and manifest myself to him, is to, that manifestation of the Son is to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery? You, you need to see the fellowship of the mystery for you to come into the fellowship. And the, 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 the substance of that fellowship, the business of that fellowship, is what they call the confirmation unto the end. Because it's to take you from the beginning to the end. Right. That's why when he came, he said, I am the beginning and the ending. That's what when he, the, the angel brought the manifestation of him, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. Are you seeing that? So that thing is, is a particular stature of him. Are you seeing? But the, the, when you say the fellowship of the son, say fellowship of his son. Fellowship of his son. Every soul is must. that is a, is a door of entrance. It's actually a gate of entrance. It's, this is the reason for the sun. The reason for the sun is to create that door. You might see, ah, those who have faith, hope and charity, those who have, who, have, who have come into the image of Christ, who have received the doctrine of Christ, who Christ has been formed in them, who are all of those, you might see that and be like, ah, It's not just next thing, just not to enter God. <laughs> just from Christ to God. It's as if it's just the next line, next bus stop. You cannot put your feet. But you don't know what, there's something in that place. It is an impossibility. It's actually, when you see a Christ, a Christ that's heading towards God, that's coming to the image of Christ, when you, in the fullness of that image of Christ, that person can still stand clueless about God. And all that he will have is an is a hope. It's is a hope that anchored. But what is actually anchoring to is the is a presence behind the veil. You see that thing called veil is actually a thick thing. It's not the way that veil was is not they say, Ah, are you Christ? You guys over there, you are Christ. Are come over. It's, ah we can come and they just enter the veil. You don't know. A Christ doesn't have anything in terms of equipment to make the veil to part. Praise Jesus. Like, when I say the veil, I mean that which veils God. What makes, see, this great life, I don't know if, see that veil of God, it's a very mighty veil. It's, it's thick, thick. You, you, you can see a soul that has been in the season of what of righteousness for a long time. When that veil begins to stare at them, they can't see. There's just something about the mind. There's something about, are you get what I'm saying, that about God that is so, it's like you can teach around, it's everlasting life. You can teach, 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 teach. And then you, you, when you now begin to ask some questions, you now begin to see that there's a giant veil in that place. That even the soul can even pick the language of oh, everlasting, everlasting life, everlasting life. For the life within the veil to open up on the inside, Something must happen. The soul must come into the fellowship of the son of God. It's not a trivial thing. Now, And if a soul stays around the waters of everlasting life too much for a long time without that entrance, the heart can get weary. Because the heart will... will it, imagine you... It's not easy to sit down. And then they are talking impossibility to you. Constantly. 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 Constant is hope. They say hope the fed make the heart sick. Do you understand that hope? A Christ that has been formed can, in that, that Christ, there is a hope inside of them for the glory of God. But if entrance, access into the fellowship of the Son doesn't come, after a while the soul can get sick. And if the soul stays there sick for too long, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God can rest upon such a heart and the heart can get weary and begin to, to withdraw. The, the, the soul can get to a point where he can't see anything further. That he, When he tries to look forward, all he sees is veil. And you see that veil, some soul can begin to smell that veil even from... They haven't really gotten to the end of the nature of Christ, but there's something because when conversations thought of God it's like, it's like the high priest who has been inside maybe the most holy when he begins to talk about some things to the priest about how that holy place is and begin to explain ah, ah there it can, it can be an impossibility around that realm are you getting what I'm saying? are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? Ahem. praise Jesus Glory to God so there is and there is a blessing so this thing about coming there is a fellowship that every Christ or you want to call it every man must come into he must, must, must press and begin to <coughs> accelerate <coughs> to come into the fellowship of who, the son so the reason for for the purpose of the Son of God, or what you call the fellowship of his son, is for to. um, this, This is a summary of what I'm saying. Every Christ, every soul that has been raised as a Christ, cannot come to glory because alone, just because you have the image of Christ, is not enough. Now, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Is the hope of glory. Is the hope of glory. But hope can be deferred. Hope deferred can make the heart sick. Are you getting me? So, but that hope needs to be helped. Every Christ, person who Christ has the hope of Christ in them, to cross to God that soul must meet their captain. Every son that will be brought to glory must meet their captain. Only captain. He said that he became him by whom and for whom are all things in bringing what? Many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation. Perfect. Are you getting me? You see that concept of captain of salvation is a, is a key office. Of Jesus, <clears throat> do you understand? It's, it's an office. So you ask me, who is the who is the captain of the salvation? It's the one who who, who brings sons to glory. The man who brings who? sons to what to glory is the captain of what salvation. How how will he bring them to glory? He must bring them into there's something called a fellowship. God must bring such people. So who does he bring into the fellowship of his son? Christ. Those who have the stature of Christ, who have been raised up as Christ, they will be brought where? Into God. The fellowship. Uh Aha, now. where? what is that fellowship of the son? The fellowship of the son is, let's let's read that that Hebrews. I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 2. We're almost done. Amen. So you you begin to see this. This is the explanation of Hebrews, the rest of Hebrews chapter 2. So it says, For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, verse 10, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? Suffering, for both he that sanctified, and they who are sanctified are all of one. So, this must occur, right? Now, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them what? Brethren. So, this is a place of brotherhood with Jesus, right? That's what they are speaking about here. Brotherhood of, with who? With Jesus. When you see, they are Christ's who are brethren, right? That's what that nature of charity is. Is right. It's a, so inside the envelope of charity, you have brotherhood of people who have the same l- love in them. They are. They are. They will carry out that love, of charity among them. But there, there, there's, a, there's a graduation in that place where you're not just brothers one with another, but also, but you become the brother of Jesus, right? So who are those who have been brought into the fellowship of the son? They are those people who have become brothers of Jesus. Do you understand me? Uh-huh. Another way to put it is there are people who have begin to, begun to begin to access his coming by blood, Does that make sense to you? They began to access what his what? His coming by blood. That's what his son is. He that came first by water and then came by what? By blood. Do you see that? So he said, but what he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one. So there's a point where those who are sanctified become all of one with him. So which cause? He is not ashamed to do what? To call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church, I will sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and who, they, the children, which who, God, hath given me. It's I. And the children which who God had given me, for as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also Himself likewise took part of the same, that He through death, that through death He might destroy him that hath what, the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their what lifetime subject to bondage, amen, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be what, a merciful and what, faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to what, make reconciliation for who, the sins of many. Praise God. He said that that which was from the beginning, that is 1 John chapter 1, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Verse 2 it says, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and then show unto you that eternal life which was with what? which was with the Father, and then was manifested to us. Go on. It says, for that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that you also may have what? That you may have fellowship. Praise God. With us, and then truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Word, Son. So, you see this 1 John 1 is talking about access, Into the fellowship of his son. Right. The fellowship of the son. Now go back to verse 1 again. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested. Are you seeing that? So this manifestation is the manifestation of 1 John. I will manifest myself to him. That life is the life that is in him that was manifested. I will manifest myself to him. I say so we have seen it and then bear witness and shown to you that eternal life which was with the Father and, which were, and was manifest. So this witness which they are bearing is not the witness of the water is the witness of the blood. There are three that bear witness on the earth. The spirit, of course. No, the spirit is truth. Uh-huh. But when they said the, the water and who? And the blood. So those witnesses are two. And we said that the witness of the water is the witness of Christ. Do you believe that? Yes, sir. It's very clear. How do I know the witness of, of, of water is the witness of Christ? Was Paul that was writing? Was it First Corinthians chapter 10? When you say, and they, they, they drank of the same spiritual drink. And they ate of the same spiritual meat. That spiritual drink, it was the same spiritual meat, drank of the same spiritual drink. That spiritual rock, sorry. They drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. He was speaking about the operation in the wilderness. Yeah. Where they were, the, a rock was following them. And out of that rock, at some, at some point, God said, he should speak to the rock. We brought forth water. At one point, Moses struck the rock. He brought forth water. So we know that, that this rock is talking about the, the, this rock here that was following them. Amen. Is... Amen. Amen. It was, is it, is actually, it's not an ordinary rock. It's actually a type of a precious stone. The, the solidification of the rock that Christ is is actually a kind of precious stone. But the precious stone has water inside. The water inside is the doctrine that causes the rock. You know, it's water that causes rock to crystallize. There are minerals inside the water. After a while, it can crystallize. Do you understand? But the properties that form the rock are inside the water that flows from the rock. Praise Jesus. So that spiritual rock, then Paul is now making the spiritual calculation. And he's now telling you that. You see that rock that was following them is actually Christ. So you can see that Christ is the rock that follows, or is the, or is the rock of doctrine that follows, right, throughout the season of the wilderness, Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Husband, love your wife as Christ loves the church. As Christ loved the church. And washes her with the washing of water by the word. So, so the Christ that loved the church is a rock that washes with water from himself. Washes are with the washing of water, so it, it's not there's there's what you call the washing of water. Then there is, and has washed and has washed us in His own blood. It's not the same thing as the washing of water. There's what you call the washing of blood that's spoken about. But this is, this is what so the washing of water is the washing of Christ. I don't know. Are, I can we can go on, but let's stop there. In Scripture, it's very clear to you. You understand what I mean that when you say water is Christ, so. The, when he say he came by water and by blood, the, the water aspect is the doctrine that resists the, is, is a rocky formation. That thing they call the foundation of God is the nature of Christ that is formed. Amen. But this life that was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness, that witness which they bore of this life is that which was from the beginning. Remember, which, that mystery which God hid in himself from the beginning, which will need to be confirmed unto the end, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, right? So there is, first of all, this manifesting, the bearing of witness, amen, and shown to you that eternal life which was with the Father and then was manifested to us. Go on very quickly, verse 3. And that which we have seen and heard, that means that which was manifested to us, um, we now declare unto you so that ye also may have what, fellowship with us. And, our, and truly our what, fellowship is with the what, Father and with the Son. So the fellowship of the Son, what the first reason for the ministry of blood, the first time you were able to taste the ministry of the blood, or oh, another way for the ministry of the blood, is the first time when the divine nature, Begins to come to be to the soul is first to give access to fellowship. The or the stream or the doctrine of the divine nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is for to give what? Access to fellowship. Any soul that hasn't had access to this fellowship will not gain access into the presence of God. It is fellows. Those who arrive at present, who cross the veil, is fellows that part the veil. There is a, a way called new and living way. The way is somehow that for you to pass through that veil, there must be something living about you. Right? There must be something what living about you. Right? So, whom coming as unto a living stone? First Peter, chapter one. A living stone that was disallowed, indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Then ye, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual. So you see, those lively stones—they are not yet living stone, but they are lively. Who's a lively stone? Is a kind of Christ that has been tempered with droplets of divinity, of everlasting life. There's something about them. It's such a soul that can pass through the new and living way. They are not just new, but there's something about, there's a living thing. They've they've taken hold of a fellowship, attributes. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a a fellowship. (laughs) So, those people who will pass through by a new and living way, like having, therefore, boldness to, what? Enter into, what, the holiest of all, by what? By a new and living way. By what? Which is consecrated for us through, what? The veil, that is to, what? And having a high priest over the house of God. Let us step forward. Come boldly, what? Praise God. Amen. So this fellowship now. So you can see the the witness of the blood is also is a is how you gain access to fellowship. And that witness of the blood is the is the demonstration of a grace. Right? That is a grace that is characterized by knowledge and utterance. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, there, but you see, utterance, when you say knowledge and utterance, knowledge is what is hiding behind, so who wants to come. But utterance has to go first. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, so, there is an utterance around that they'll begin to create. Even in the season of Christ, you see the Lord will begin to create some kind of utterance. It's for to bring a soul into a fellowship, which is the or the fellowship of the Son. And any soul who refuses that speaking, right? You can. can, It's very clear to you that the church of Hebrew was not really a church inside the Most Holy. It's a church that's that's meant to come to the Most Holy. But there is actually a fellowship which they need to come into. There's. 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 Jesus was saying, "He said, I will declare my name. I and the children which Thou hast given me." So I will declare thy name, right, unto what? My brethren in the midst of the church. That church is a church who are, those who are, it's actually, an, it, it, the word church means ecclesia, those who have been called out, praise the Lord, to come into the, the presence of God. Amen. 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 Um, in that season, there will be a demonstration of grace that will be characterized um, by access into utterances, fellowship. There can't be fellowship without utterance. Praise Jesus. And so every soul in that season will have to be conversant and willing to partake of the demonstration of the grace of the spirit around the blood. The witness of the water and the witness of the blood are not the same. It means that the conversation of the water and the conversion of the grace and, and, and the blood are different. The conversion of the, of the blood is the conversation of a higher grace of utterance, right? That without, that, without, um, without hearing that grace, are you getting what I'm saying? That is the grace of God that bringeth salvation, that appears unto all men. Without that teaching us, that without the soul, the yielding to the teaching of what? That grace, right? A lot of things uh, will not occur. Amen. The Lord will bless us. And the Lord will bring us, will bless every soul. My prayer is that blessing will come, mercy will come for every heart to take part of this fellowship. To receive this fellowship. To, not to draw back in any way, but as the Lord begins to speak. Uh, these things that the Lord will help every heart to to receive them in Jesus name. Father we thank you we give you praise we worship you just begin to pray now you can pray for for a minute say father um, I receive help from you I ask for enrichment in all utterance and knowledge come and enrich my heart I pray that you will bring my soul into the fellowship of your son that as he begins to witness his blood begin to witness his life That my heart will not draw back, that grace will be given unto me. Grace, even within my soul, to fetch out of this blessing, out of this conversation. That as the Lord draws near, even to minister fellowship, as he wants to minister entrance, Help my heart. Say so that which you have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the world of life. He so said, Those things do we declare unto you that you may have fellowship with us. Pray that as we hear the words of this fellowship, the thoughts of this fellowship, the command, the doctrine of this fellowship, that our hearts, the Lord will help our hearts mercy will come mercy will visit us equip us in every unbelief will be dealt with It will be helped help for unbelief in this season that none of us will have that heart that evil heart of unbelief in the parting that will not grow dull of hearing will not grow weary pray that utterance will prosper because of Ability to give the more earnest to everything that you are saying to us, that we will not let them sleep. You will help us, Jesus, that you, as you minister, that place where you stand to minister, even among your brethren, as you declare the name of your Father, our hearts will be found ready. Our hearts will be found ready to receive, to receive, to receive. To see you in your exalted place of this ministry. That you will encounter our heart to even climb up into that place. Thank you, Father. Help us deliver our soul from every weakness of that such of this season. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. Father, thank you. You've heard your children. You've heard our hearts. I pray Lord that you will, to will be unto us according to your word. Amen. as you have spoken, Amen. that Lord, you will use this word, let it not just be words that have been said, but for the help, let your spirit minister them, even to our heart, Lord, these things are true. Amen. Father, and your word does not shrink and doesn't become uh, doesn't relent in the face of the weakness of man. Father, I pray that this word will, he said, it will not return unto you void, so shall it be the word that goeth forth from my mouth, that it will not return, not accomplishing that purpose for which it was sent. I pray that the grace for accomplishing it, you will release into our hearts. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray.